Hello and welcome to episode 93 of the Viva Albertos podcast. My name is John Fleming. I'm a writer and editor at Viva Albertos. I am joined as always by fellow writer and editor at Viva Albertos, Heather Simon. Hi everyone, Heather here. Heather indeed is here. Mm-hmm. Our uh, esteemed co-host, Kane, is also here. He's in the background right now, though. You actually may not hear him this episode because he's being, I must say, he's being a very good dog right now. This is... It took him a while after I like came back from vacation to sort of stop being such a brat, but I think he's finally, it's been like three weeks, I think he's finally back to being a good boy. Yeah, like my stance on Kane has always been that he's a good dog, just in the sense that all dogs are good, in the sense that he's just like... Like objectively, a stunningly handsome dog. Like I, I'm like I'm trying to think of a way to say it without sounding like borderline creepy, but like he looks like the kind of dog that they'd put like on the front of like a dog food. Thing. Yes, exactly. Like he looks like a basically a model. Right, he's a model dog. Yeah, he's just an idiot. Yeah, but but anyway, we're gonna talk about the uh, the St. Louis Cardinals here. The Last episode we did, for those who have been listening throughout the the uh, podcast arc, I guess. <laughs> that, that's Is that the right phrase? I think I've done that. Whatever. But we had an episode that was devoted to uh, St. Louis Cardinals All-Time Awards. Uh, the reason that we did that, as I mentioned in the podcast, as I mentioned in the post leading up to the podcast, was so that we could give some Cardinals some awards this year, because... Like, frankly, not really an MVP candidate, not really a Cy Young or Rookie of the Year candidate. Like, Paul DeYoung's done well, but he came up so late, and, like, Cody Bellinger's... Got it. ...a, th- a, a thing. Yeah, <laughs> he exists. I feel like there's some other candidate, but yeah, it, it's it's not DeYoung. But I think in all of that, though, we discounted um, an, one potential award, which would be uh, the World Series MVP award. Ooh. See, we never really considered the possibility of the Cardinals getting the World Series no, you MVP. you never considered it. You. Don't say we. What is this we? Heather's pointing very sternly at me yes. when saying you. Like, yes. she is angry at you me. You said that, not me. It's unlikely, as is it winning the World Series for every non-Dodgers team. But... Well, even for the... I never counted it out. It's pretty likely for the Dodgers, don't they? Didn't you tweet that they had like forty-five percent well, World Series? No, no. Or what, what I tweeted was that that they had basically like a forty-three percent chance of winning the World Series. If you assumed they had a seventy-five percent chance in every individual series, which they don't, oh. like they have less than that. But Still. even then, they would be like less than even odds. Yeah, like they're the Dodgers are the team that's the favorite to win the World Series, but they're not like versus the field the favorite. Is what yeah, I'm saying. but. Anyway, the uh, the Cardinals, well, the bad news is that they lost yesterday on Sunday, and because of that loss, they uh, lost a game in the division standings because the Chicago Cubs won. Mm. The good news is that they won, um, they had won two games in a row leading up to our last podcast. They'd won the Saturday and Sunday, and then they won every day up until Sunday. They had an eight-game <laughs> eight winning streak. That's pretty good. They scored uh, six or more runs in all but the first game of that winning streak. I went to Mobile on the run every single day of the streak. Oh, I didn't. Which is, it's so, st- so, so I have this problem where occasionally I get way too, like, caffeine dependent. So I decided, like, before the win streak started that I was going to stop. Mm-hmm. Which means that there's, like, one variety of soda I can get that's, that's right. there. No, I got, I don't drink, like, non-diet soda. That's a uh. sort of an unrelated thing. But... So I caffeine free diet Pepsi is normally my choice, other than caffeine free diet Coke, which sucks. 
Like, like Diet Coke's... T- Diet Coke is, like, the worst possible soda, so I, I can't True do that. True story. In high school, I used to drink caffeine-free diet Pepsi. Or maybe it's just caffeine-free Pepsi. Um, when I went to, like, parties and stuff, and I put it in a can coolie, and it's a gold can. And everyone just assumed I was drinking Stag. It was caffeine-free Pepsi. Because caffeine keeps me awake at night. Well, why, well, why would they assume that you were drinking Stag if you were in high school? You wouldn't have been 21 yet. Oh... It's a valid question, right? Like, okay, but I, I'm right. con- I'm confused. But regardless, you were drinking soda, so I was it's not like um, soda. Like, yeah, you actually were. So, but it turns out one of the gas stations, it's actually not too far away from where you live, actually has caffeine has um, diet Sierra Mist, which was oh, nice. an exciting revelation. And on the run, yes, and it was frankly very. Uh, where is I don't want to tell you exactly where it is on air because I don't want people knowing where you live. But right, I'll, right. I'll tell you later. But anyway, though, <laughs> um, yeah, seven days in a row of that because the Cardinals kept scoring six or more runs. They actually scored eight or more runs in all but one of those games. Yeah, the game that they won six to five on Saturday was like the really poor performance the, of the group. The closest, the nail biteriest of the group. Yeah, but. But anyway, they, they won the last two games against the Reds. They won a four-game sweep against the Royals. They won the first two games against the Braves. Now, granted, these are not amazing teams. Like, the Royals are in playoff contention, though losing four in a row to the Cardinals didn't really help that. Mm-hmm. But not a team with a great pitching staff. And generally speaking, the Cardinals did not face the strongest pitching during the winning streak. But still, you score that many runs off of a player that's a major league player, or in some cases, a member of the Reds. But yeah. the Reds, the Reds pitching staff is like all time terrible. I feel okay saying that. Yeah, but yeah, it's still a major league team. It's pretty dominant. Yeah, you know, they like outscored when I did the recap. They had outscored teams like forty six runs to sixteen. Like, it's pretty good. It's pretty wait. good. 46, they you, had scored 46 and allowed 16 when they had won. It was like their sixth one in a row. Oh, they had a winning streak? Okay. Yeah, this, the Cardinals. Not the Reds. Oh, okay. I was, I was saying, Card- yeah. Yeah, the Cardinals had a lot. So I'm saying that's pretty dominant. Like, even though you, you take away, like, a little bit because of the te- quality of teams they were playing, they still were pretty dominant during that win streak. It was fun. It was hashtag good. Glad that we have established that winning a lot of games in a row is good, but I think there's I mean, there's a couple uh, players to make specific note of during this. What was interesting is that like the two dominant offensive players for the Cardinals this season up until the winning streak were Tommy Pham and Jed Jerko, yeah, and they were really the two players during the win streak that did the least. Like they were not horrible, but they were. Pham had some pretty key like. I remember one time, like, at least one game, he pretty much manufactured a run all on his own. Like, beat out an error and then stole second and then made it to third on a wild pitch and then scored on, like, a fly ball or something. I was like, oh, well, good thing we have Tommy Pham since he's doing everything. Which is funny because I thought Tommy Pham was a bad base runner. I thought that's what the, uh... Nope. That's what the person... According to fan graphs, he has, like, uh, what is it, 4.2... It's base positive. Run, positive yeah. base running, yeah. For those who didn't see that, and Heather wrote about it earlier today on VEB, was there was a, a fan, I don't want to mention the fan's name because I'm sure he's getting plenty of um, correspondence based off this tweet, but he had tweeted something about, and he had tagged Tommy Fan in it, which I think is a strange thing that people do. Yeah, like, here's this mean thing I'm going to say about you, and I want to make sure you see it. I find the weirdest thing in the world, like, whenever somebody tweets 
like say the guy had just tweeted Tommy Fam such and such bad thing, but didn't actually tag him in the tweet and just mm-hmm. said Tommy Fam. I think that's perfectly acceptable. I don't think that that's like you know he it would have been wrong, but I don't yeah. think it's like I don't think it's rude or anything. Right. But sometimes people will start tagging the person in the tweet and like what good is that doing? You're just trying to make the person mad. Yeah, like, you're, you're not, not like doing anything informational. Or venting or anything. Yeah, sort of like, and this is a little bit apples and oranges because of, you know, severity of comparing Tommy Pham being called a bad baseball player. And like with the Dexter Fowler thing in the offseason where people were saying some really harsh, vitriolic things with him. But they were saying it on Facebook, so it wasn't something that he was going to easily access. But people felt the need to take screenshots of it and send it to him on Twitter. Like at that point you have to admit, you aren't actually looking out for him. You just want some attention. Yeah, look at this. But anyway, Tommy Pham has been a good base runner. He has had a couple of gaffes on the base pass, but that's true of pretty much every baseball player. So. Particularly the Cardinals. Yeah. like Other than like those couple years where Chase Utley was stealing like 20 or 25 bases and getting caught no times, like other than those couple seasons, like guys make mistakes. Guys have issues on the base paths. But. It, it's, that's a perfectly, like that's just something because... They're human, and you have to make some judgment calls on the base paths, and sometimes you're wrong, and it happens. Yeah, but it, it was fun to see Tommy Pham citing fan graphs. He's had a good relationship with fan graphs this year. Yes. Which was that, first of all, he had the uh, the Matt Adams in left field article. That he liked. I think that, who was it that wrote that one? Was that uh, Dave Cameron? I think, uh, something like that. I think it was a Dave Cameron but article. Chris Afuli? Yeah, Alex, Alex Crisofoli, the former VEB writer, still friend of the podcast. Yes. Maybe still listens to the podcast. I don't know. Maybe he's Ooh. just ditched us all together. I have no <laughs> idea. He used to listen to it. But. If, he, if he has, fair enough, because he has like a newborn and everything. He's probably busy with his family. Yeah, families. Who, who, who has families? Yeah. Well, you have Kane. I have Kane. I have, I have family. Yeah. But, but anyway... <laughs> Yeah, Alex, which we've mentioned on the podcast before, noted that Tommy Pham uh, liked the tweet advertising the article questioning why Matt Adams was playing left field, which was uh, which, which was fun. <laughs> we we enjoyed that because Tommy Pham he does not follow a lot of people on Twitter. I, I went and checked this, and but apparently he reads fan graphs. And there's been like an like an upswing in players saying that they read fan graphs. Like that was a famous thing with uh, Brandon Moss. Moss did, and like Daniel Murphy has said that he reads fan graphs, and Max Scherzer, I don't remember fan graphs specifically, but he's definitely somebody that's like familiar with sabermetrics and stuff, and I think what's what's an interesting thing about that is that there's always this perception that athletes are just like dumb jocks, and I think that probably like overall a lot of them, it's not that they're dumb, but they're not necessarily like following other things besides baseball. They're just very focused on that one thing. Yeah, right. But if you're very focused on that one thing, yeah, you're going to have some athletes who are, like, mocking, like, nerds in their parents' basements or whatever. (laughs) But... That's mostly not even athletes that do that because they don't have time for that. It's, like, other baseball fans. Yeah, that's, like, old-school baseball media that don't want to learn. Yeah. But, But anyway... But in the case of... Uh, baseball players with fan graphs, like, players are reading up on these things, and players are looking for new ways to improve their game. And, like, Scherzer's probably the best example that there is of this. He's a guy who 
came into the league in his first couple of years, he was just sort of an averageish pitcher. He had a lot of velocity, struck out a lot of guys, but he was also walking guys a lot. And he wasn't really able to get that under control. But rather than trying to become like a pitch to contact guy, he sort of embraced like the idea of fielding independent pitching. He was a guy that you know used that as the framework and was able to refine his game around that. And now is you know one of the best five pitchers in baseball. But that was uh, that was step one of the Tommy. We were talking about Tommy Pham, remember that? Yeah, yes. Yeah, we don't have a very structured uh, idea of what we're going to talk about here, so we're going to just go on tangents wherever we feel the need. But per usual, yeah, it, it's enjoyable. <laughs> I was listening to the uh, the Fangraphs podcast, the uh, Effectively Wild podcast, over the weekend. I think it was the episode from Friday, and somebody had emailed in asking about Tommy Pham and just saying, why hasn't anyone at Fangraphs written about Tommy Pham? Like, he's, it's kind of crazy that he's this good. And Jeff Sullivan was on it and just, like, looked up his stats. He's like, yeah, I'm going to write about him. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. You're making a I'm good point here. I'm not sure if I haven't really been too online today, but that post, if it hasn't gone up already, I'm sure it will go up eventually. And, and I will read it. Maybe Matt Adams will covertly like the... Uh, <laughs> I don't think he's on Twitter, but... He is not. He'll get on Twitter just to... Like that. That would actually be very funny if you that. would that. be. That would be a, a great, a great, uh, if that was like the full o- circle. If that was like the only thing he did. If it was like the, uh, the at Babe Ruth account that tweeted like two or three times ever in like 2007 and just stopped tweeting forever. <laughs> like that would just be excellent to me. But anyway. Anyway. Let's talk about baseball. It, it was good. So it's, yeah. it's fun to talk about. Um, yeah. It's fun to talk about. And yet we, it's so much easier to find content when you're complaining. It is. So we can talk about, we can talk about Adam Wainwright. Okay. So on Friday, the Cardinals won. Mm-hmm. That's the important thing. But unfortunately, uh, Adam Wainwright, even though he got player of the game on Fox Sports Midwest, he and, pit- would he only allow one, two runs, three? Let me look that up. But he didn't allow a lot of runs, I don't think, but he... It didn't look good. He didn't look good at all. It, it, he, what was his fastball topping out like 85, I think 87? Eight, I think it was 83, actually. Like it's. I saw it hit like 87 a couple times, but that was only a few times. I think it was like an average, maybe like 84 or something. And his curveballs were like low 60s, which if, yeah. you, if you're throwing low 60s, it's like an ethos sort of pitch. Yeah, you can throw guys off, but... Eventually, if somebody's able to time up to that, they're going to crush it. Yeah. Like, I love Adam Wainwright as much as, if not, well, probably more than the next person. Like, he's one of my favorite people in sports, um, like, athletes. You know, he just seems like a nice guy, and he's funny. You know, I I love him. But I didn't want him out there because because I love him. Like, why would you put, why? Why would you put a obviously hurt Adam Wainwright Back in the rotation instead of letting him rest more when you have a chance. I just don't get it. Like, so, so Adam Wainwright, his stats, he gave up. It was one run. Yeah. It was Cecil who gave up four runs. Okay. He had not his uh, best outing. And it was one of those things where if a guy gives up four runs in two-thirds of an inning, it was probably some bad luck involved. And, and there a home was, run. There was some bad luck involved, but he still did not look good. Like, he wasn't actually going to truly have, like, a 45 ERA or whatever that is, but mm-hmm. it was it was still not good. But uh, Wainwright... He went five innings. He only gave up four hits and allowed the one run, but uh, three walks and no strikeouts. Yeah. Like he was very much pitching the contact. He was, which I tweeted something about like um, Adam Wainwright throwing an eighty-five mile per hour fastball is not a sentence I or get or Adam Wainwright getting outs with an eighty-five mile per hour fastball is not a sentence I like to write, but 
gosh darn it, he is trying so hard, you know, like, bless his heart, because he was working his butt off trying to get people out with whatever he could, but still, it's not ideal. Yeah, and if any pitcher is going to be able to get away with it, it's going to be a guy like Wainwright. He's not, it's not like he's a guy who's ever been, you know, dependent on his velocity in the way right. that some pitchers are, but at the same time... He's crafty and has some pretty good yeah, like, breaking pitches. But. Like, I know he's not like Strasburg or something like that where velocity is the name of his game, but at the same time, that's really low. Like That's, he, less, that's Weaver-like, yeah, except for worse. Jared Weaver-like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not Luke, yeah, not Luke Weaver. Jared. Or even Jeff Weaver. Maybe Jeff, yeah. (laughs) Maybe Jeff Weaver now. Yeah. That's like my sister. Well, my my sister probably throws, like, she's softball. And she can probably pitch, like, in the 60s. Well, it's it's a different sport, though. It's, yeah, but I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like softball pitching underhand type of velocity. 80 something. Like, that's high school pitchers. You know, that's very, the point is that it's very slow. And I'm sure your sister's going to love, um, I don't know if she ever, ever listens to the podcast. No, but she throws fast for softball, but, well, she's probably about average. She doesn't throw super hard. Kind of like, you know, yeah. stepping down the praise yeah, here. Yeah, she's about average, but, because uh, she'll say, I'm not fast, but she, uh, she, I mean, she throws fine for softball. That's just slow for baseball and throwing overhand. Well, well, good for your sister. It's John Jay-like. I, I am so sick of this John Jay disparagement. Okay. He just doesn't throw very hard. Let me go off on a tangent here. I kept getting mad at people whenever... They, they were talking about Rick Ankiel on a broadcast, and I was arguing that John Jay was a better fielder than Rick Ankiel, which, I mean, I have literally all of the defensive metrics that back me up on this, but people still argue because <laughs> they're worried about the throwing arm. And Okay, whatever. I'm. This is not... It was fun to watch Rick Ankiel throw, though. That was fun. John Jay is some great plays. Rick Ankiel, though, made some good throws. Rick Ankiel was a highlight reel in the sense that, like, guys on, like, and one mixtapes are great at dunking, but you wouldn't actually want them to play in the NBA because they don't have any other skills. Yeah. And, like, it's like Ankiel and Jay were, like, opposite players. Oh, they were They were complete. I mean... It's kind of cool. I mean, Jay was not a great range player, but he had more range than Ankiel did. Like, Jay wouldn't have to throw those people out because he would have caught it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Ankiel was also... To be clear, Rick Ankiel was a phenomenal defensive outfielder considering he was a pitcher his entire life up until, like, three years before he was in the majors. Like, I give... I I don't want to make it sound like I hate Rick Ankiel. (laughs) Why do you hate Rick Ankiel? I'm just trying to be realistic about what Rick Ankiel was and wasn't. And the fact that he came back... And was like even a serviceable major league outfielder is unbelievable. It's mm-hmm. amazing. It's, it's like never happened. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, well, Babe Ruth happened, but yeah, it's. But still. It's rare. And Babe Ruth was always well. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fine. But still, yeah. I mean, Ank- yeah, Ankiel, whenever he was a pitcher, I believe was a good hitting pitcher. But I don't think anyone was saying, "Oh, this guy's a good enough hitter to be an outfielder." <laughs> and yeah, he's no Adam Wainwright. As a hitter. Yeah. Well, clearly not. Unfor- yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, Ricky Ankiel today might be Adam Wainwright as a pitcher in terms of quality. Oof. Though Ankiel can probably throw harder. Oof. Probably, though. Okay, we're being a little mean here. They've yeah. won eight games in a row. Why are we not... Just- yeah, why are we being mean to Adam Wainwright, of all people, who tried his heart out? Yes, he did. I'm sure he... Uh- but at this point, where do you- if the Cardinals were to make the playoffs and... A week ago, this seemed ridiculous, but now the Cardinals... It didn't seem ridiculous to me. I don't know why you're doing these generalizations, but anyway, continue. Anyway, 
Wow, you have you have an attitude. No, tonight, okay. I just I just want to make sure that the record shows that I never gave up hope. Well, anyway, the Cardinals were tied for first place after Saturday. They were uh, one game back after Sunday. They're currently one game back. I don't think the Cubs play today. Do we, mm. do we know that? Mm. But regardless, at, at the time of our recording, though, the Cardinals are one game back. They're not in the playoffs. I still don't think they're favorites to make the playoffs. They're but, like four and a half back of the wild card, too, though, now. Yeah, but, like, yeah, anyway, though, the possibility exists, is what yeah. I'm saying, of the playoffs. Well, unlikelier things have happened. Yes. I would say the fact that they've gotten this far is unlikelier than the fact that they would continue to go further. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's fair. But anyway, though, where do you, th- like, how do you think the playoff rotation would shake out at this point? This is a, a common framing device. Like, I think Martinez for sure is in. Yeah. Martinez. Like, Martinez, and he's had a couple of um, not so great starts lately, but, like, his not so great starts are not nearly as disastrous. It's like three earned runs. Yeah, like his. Like, la- like um, Saturday. Yeah. And even then, one of those is unearned, I'm pretty sure. And, like, the first inning was just a bunch of ground balls, so it wasn't like he even pitched that poorly. Um, so probably Martinez first. Who do you think? Who's, who's like left? Leak has pitched so well throughout the year, and it's I feel like he's probably the player that translates the least well to the bullpen. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he would be in. I don't know that he'd be the number two, but I feel like he'd be in the rotation Waka. somewhere. I think Waka would be the one who gets excluded. You think? Yeah, I think Lin, I think Lynn gets into the rotation because his ERA is as low as it is. Um. I know his peripherals aren't great, but his ERA is low and... And even lately, his peripherals haven't been as bad. I think it depends on Wainwright. Wainwright cannot continue I like this. I think he will. Like, he, there's no way they're going to send him out there throwing 85 again. I think they will. They better not. I don't want they them to. Not. That'll be akin to the Waka 2014 NL CS. DS. CS. CS. Ugh. Game five. And to be clear, though, I, first of all, I just want to point out that we got some barking on the podcast, and it wasn't from Kane this time. It yeah. was it was from Heather, just seething with Ugh. anger and rage towards Makes Game so Five mad. of the 2014 NLCS. But at this point, like if, if I had to arrange the playoff rotation, Wainwright would be the one who's left out. Yeah, you could even make the case that you would you know bring up Luke Weaver or something like that, have them start a game, but. I think the the safe, safely I can assume that I wouldn't put Wainwright in there, but I wouldn't not like that. If Wainwright co- like comes up in like next game and is like ninety is normal kind of n- not normal Wainwright, but like the normal the new normal that is Adam Wainwright, then he'd be like the fourth guy. Yeah, I mean, and like this is the thing that happens with pitchers sometimes though is that they're really good and then they just stop being good. Like like twenty eleven Roy Halladay. Probably deserved to win the Cy Young. He was certainly deserved to be in the top like three, and he was. Mm-hmm. Twenty twelve, he was like took a step back. Like he wasn't horrible, but he was like clearly not an elite pitcher. Twenty thirteen, he was a disaster. Twenty fourteen, he wasn't in baseball anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know that that's happening with Wayne Ryan. It's usually not that dramatic, but the possibility is strong enough that it needs to at least be examined and. His velocity, he just got hurt, now his velocity's down so much, I just can't imagine that that is how he's going to be. You know, if he, that's got to be muscle tightness, like something tightened up on him or something, and he pitched through it, which I don't know if you should do that, but, you know, again, bless his heart for getting through it, but if he comes out and is throwing, if throw 85 
my, like, or even, not even 85, is the new velocity on the fastball. I just don't think that's going to work. Yeah. I, mean, I don't I mean, think it's going to work. Again, while Wainwright's never been a flamethrower, he's always been a player that had decent velocity. And if he can't at least get back to, like, upper 80s, I just can't yeah. imagine it. Like, unless he starts throwing a knuckleball or something, it's going to be really hard to... That's just too slow. It's, like... It's too far. Yeah. And this is... And I'm sure people will mention, oh, Adam Wainwright's pitched out of the bullpen before in 2006 in the playoffs. Well, yeah, but he also was like 25 years old and threw the ball hard. Yeah. Like and I mean he pitched out of the bullpen. Well that was last year though, right? When he came No, 2 years ago It was came, 2 years ago, yeah. He pitched out of the bullpen, but Though he wasn't really that great in that capacity either. No. But I mean he pitched fine, I think. If I remember correctly, he pitched all right, but it was like a like a mop-up kind of role, so. Yeah, he was never being Trusted. Yeah. I feel like Walk is probably the pitcher who translates the best to the bullpen. Yeah. I mean, Martinez would be the one I'd most want in the bullpen if you exclude, like, the fact that he'd be better off as a starter. Yeah. But I think Walk is the one who, like, relative to what he is as a starter, would be the best in relief because he's the kind of player that early on in games tends to pitch better. Mm-hmm. And he can throw the ball hard. He can just air it out in the bullpen. So in that sense, I would be okay with putting Waka in the uh, bullpen if Wainwright can basically be like close to what Waka's been. Yeah. But if Wainwright's what he was, like I hate to say it, I don't even really want really want him on the playoff roster. Like yeah. they'll put him on it. To be clear, they're not yeah. gonna. But he might be in sort of that role where he doesn't actually pitch, which has been known to happen from time <laughs> to time. During the Mike Matheny the era, Miller honorary. Yeah, Shelley Miller, uh, Edward, Edward Mejica, and uh, Michael Walker. Walker for the most part until the one time when he shouldn't and have come in. It was 2015. Was that Lancelin who was the? Which was weird because he was really good in 2015, and I don't think he was hurt. Uh, was it? I'm not sure. Couldn't tell you. We've mostly wiped out the 2015 postseason from our uh, memories. Yeah. And unfortunately, everybody else is going to have to just look it up if they don't know the <laughs> answers. But, you know, I can't believe that we've actually gotten this far into the podcast without mentioning what... Okay, so <laughs> my my day job, I hate to break it to people, but I have a job other than working at VEB. Uh, my day job, I've worked at since um, 2014. It was during the 2014 season that I started there. So the Cardinals made two postseason runs since I've been there in 2014 mm-hmm. and 2015. They've had, you know, a lot of major stories that have happened, a lot of major uh, players that have come through. They've had opening days. They've had, you know, all-star seasons, great performances of nowhere, trade deadline stuff, things like that. I have not heard more about baseball from, like, my coworkers than I heard about the Rally Cat. (laughs) The Rally Cat... Um, obviously everyone knows the story, and if you don't know the story, I'm sure you can find it very easily. Yeah. But the, the rally cat came onto the field on, uh, Wednesday or, yeah, it would have been Wednesday because it was, yeah, because it would have been, I was thinking it was Tuesday or Wednesday, but Tuesday they were in Kansas City still, but on Wednesday the rally cat, and now that I mentioned the cat, Kane has come up and has walked over, but (laughs) he's still, he's still being pretty polite, so that's good. But on Wednesday the rally cat came out. He ran onto the field, and 
And by the rally cat, I just mean like you know a stray cat that walked out onto the field. Yeah, just or like, ran on the field. I have so many questions, but yes, continue. But and then Yadier Molina hit a grand slam. I think it was the next pitch. It was definitely during that at it bat. It was the very next pitch. Yeah. And so, just like the rally squirrel in 2011, the rally cat became a thing. They're selling rally cat T-shirts. They're having a rally cat promotional rally. night later this year. <laughs> it's a very interesting idea on the part of the. Uh, I guess the Cardinals are just trying to market where they can, which is sensible. But this is one of those things that whenever it happened, I was like, you know what? This is going to get really old really fast, so I'm just going to enjoy it for right now. <laughs> and for the first, like, you know, hour or so, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was yeah. a lot of, like, bad cat puns. It was a lot of... Um, but then the cat had to go and disappear. Look what the cat dragged in. <laughs> That was what made the story incredible, I think, is that then the, the cat was nowhere to be found. And then they found out that some lady decided to basically, like, take him and then was like, forget this, this cat's biting the crap out of me, lets him go. I mean, that's she said she, that she dropped him, and he, or he got away. We all know that she was like, no, heck no, and let him go. Like, come on. Because he was probably biting her, scratching at her. So, or she... Do we do we know the gender of the rally cat? I don't know how the rally cat identifies. I feel like it was usually mentioned as being male, but I think that's also one of those things where the qualities of the rally cat, like you know, being stubborn, biting, <laughs> are the sort of things that are equated with man with men, which I don't think is fair personally. Growing but- up, all cats were girls, and all boys are all dogs were boys. And all boys are dogs. No, just kidding. I'm not sure if you realized how they make new cats and dogs. I know, but I know. Okay, just... That was when I was little. That was a thing. Like, oh, it's a cat. It's clearly a girl. Like, everyone thinks my dog is a girl. I think because I'm a girl. So, obviously, my dog's a girl, despite the fact that he is clearly not a girl. I, I never accused your dog of being a girl. I'm not no. sure where that came from. Yeah, but... that's what people say. They're like, oh, what's her name? Like, his name is Kane. <laughs> and he's a boy! Just because he, yeah, he has I, a red collar, people think he's a girl, I guess. Apparently they weren't looking very close. No, but that's, it's let's, pretty clearly a boy. Just, yeah, just I, throwing that out there. But anyway, though, the rally cat is a thing that I'm completely sick of. But uh, I'm fascinated by it. The, well, the rally squirrel was, at least during the playoffs, it, it's hard to equate an August game with being... Uh, but then Yadier Molina hit a grand slam. Yeah. Which I believe it, like he hits home runs now. I tweeted this out a couple weeks ago from the VEB account. Like, at what point do we stop thinking this is so crazy that he hit a home run? Because, like, he's up there, like, mm-hmm. on the team leaderboard. Like, he's not number one because number one is the guy that came up Memorial Day weekend, <laughs> Paul DeYoung. But Paul DeYoung, yeah, like all the Cardinals seem to have like twelve. Like every single one seems to have like twelve home runs or so. Yeah. The Cardinal strategy of building a roster entirely of average to slightly above average players has led to every player having the exact same stat line. Yes. <laughs> it's quite the thing that happened. But the that's pretty much all I have to say on the rally cat. I don't really care about it anymore. People it's can, incredibly cute. I'm pretty sure it's a kitten. Um, people can have their fun with that. I, I don't have a problem with that. I just don't want to hear about it all the time. That's the thing was the obnoxious thing. Like, there was just so many hot takes about the rally cat. I shouldn't call it obnoxious. They were very sincere. People and... are very, yeah, we're very passionate about it. And and it's just like, I, I understand. 
it's an animal and we all I, like I have a dog like we all have our soft spots for animals I do too I felt bad that you know it got away and didn't but it's it's bad they got it back and, and it's just like I don't know I just it just there's a lot of blame going towards the Cardinals about about the, the kitten that I just don't know what else they really could have done it was biting the guy uh, yeah I mean it's the- a stray like feral cat like, I just... <laughs> I mean, they probably could have handled it better in right. certain ways. But at the same time... And, like, I say this is something, like, certainly am against people abusing animals and whatnot. Right. But if you're going to prioritize... Like, you have to prioritize the human over the non-human. It's a, it's a wild animal is a thing. Like, it's basically a wild animal. Like, if a squirrel was on the field, what would you have expected the guy to do? You, you wouldn't be catching it, that's for yeah. sure. You would let it run around. Like, so... Which is what they did. Yeah. So, it's just kind of like... I just, well, so, I, I get it. I get it. it's, 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 you, you have compassion in your heart for this cute little kitten. And I, I felt the same way, but I just, like, I'm not going to put any blame on the Cardinals. Like, it just, what were yeah, they, it was, what were they what, supposed to do? It was one of those things where people were kind of coming out of nowhere to indict. It's, it's yeah. like people who you've never heard say anything about animal rights or anything. Like, if Tony LaRusso wants to comment on it. Or if, like, PETA wants to comment on it. I get that because they actually have a track record of caring about these things. Yeah. But that's... It was, like, people who were, like, commenting on baseball deciding that they were going to use the rally. And I think... I'm sure some percentage of the rally cat hot takes were made ironically. But yeah. at this point, I don't know where the line draws between irony <laughs> and... Yeah. yeah. And just, like, hating on the Cardinals for whatever reason. So... It's fine, though. The cat is in custody. It is uh, in quarantine right now. And then I I don't know where it's supposed to go next, but I've heard that Dexter Fowler's daughter wants it, which would be adorable if that's a possibility. Because I do believe the cat is... I don't know if it's a, if it's just a stray or if it's actually like a feral... Am I saying that right? Feral cat? I think it's feral, yeah. Yeah, feral. Um, if it's like completely untamable... It's still a kitten, though, so there's probably something they could do, but we'll see. I feel like going to make a transa- transition here. We're speaking of Farrell, and then we talk about John Farrell and the Boston Red Sox series coming up, but bum, bum, bum. I'm not quite ready to get to that point yet, so I'll spare everybody. <laughs> that horrible dad joke. Yeah, I am a I, I am a horrible dad joke master for somebody that is not actually the father of children, but anywho, the... Uh, <laughs> Looking at the uh, Cardinals, it's weird because I've mentioned several times that my stance on the Cardinals is that they're a better team than their record indicates, which is what I was saying before this winning streak, that they were actually like a slightly above average team that was performing like a slightly below average team. Mm -hmm. And that the rest of the season I expected them to play as a slightly above average team, but that that they had dug a hole and that that this was going to make them like a 500-ish team. They seem to be doing the thing where rather than progressing to their normal level and it's sort of balancing out they've decided to just make it all up at once yeah which is cool well, I'm, I'm not against it I'm very pro doing this but but yes I yeah. it definitely seems like that is a thing that's happening it'll be interesting with the Red Sox coming up because that's supposedly a, or supposedly nope supposedly, supposedly yes I know there's a very correct way to say that and every time I go to say it I get paranoid because well, you did say it wrong, so your paranoia was not completely... I said su- supposedly. 
Well, you said supposedly. And then I was like, supposedly? No. Supposedly. I know I I know there's a difference, and I don't want to say the wrong one. Like, I'm not so worried when I just... Well, supposed is a word. Supposed is not. That's a pretty easy supposed way to... Okay. Well, I just, I, just got, I just choked in the clutch. I know how to spell it and, like, write it, but when I was saying it loud, I was like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. So, anyway. Uh-oh. John's going to make fun of me. Yep. So, supposedly, the Red Sox are a pretty good team. They are. So, this will be a very good test if uh, the Cardinals are actually, like, winning on their own merits. Yeah. Which, I mean, they are winning on their own merits, but if it's just the quality like of Like, how good are they? Yeah. It'll be a good kind of measuring stick. Is this a home series? It's at Fenway. Oh, great. So there will be the DH. Yes. Which is interesting how the Cardinals kind of use the DH. But They can give some sort of, like, de facto off days, which, granted, it'd they be, have an off day before the series starts. It'd but. be nice to get Stephen Piscotty back and, like... Then they have another outfielder and another like hitter, and they don't need eight guys in the bullpen. But. Yeah, that may happen depending on what the, what the deal is with Jed Jerko, because Jerko hasn't played the last couple games. I noticed he, that. I thought that was... And he'd been struggling before that. So if he's injured and has to go to the DL, then I would think there would be a, sort of an increased need. Which, granted, I'm sure it would be you know Greg Garcia or somebody playing third base. It's not Right. Like, it's not like Piscotti would be... Well, they could move Carpenter to third, but I don't think that's... Based off of anything they've done, seems like something that they won't actually do. Mm-hmm. But the option, the option is there whether they choose to take advantage of it or not. But then after the Red Sox series, they have a four-game set against the Pirates, which includes on Sunday Night Baseball the uh, the game in Williamsport. Oh yeah, on the, on the, the Little League field. Field that'll be fun. Yeah, I think it'll be cute. I, I'm such a hater of the Little League World Series, and it's just. People used to, like, think I was just being mean whenever I said it, but I think people are starting to catch on to my notion of, why would I want to watch 12-year-olds play baseball? Aw, because it's like, sweet. I can do that anywhere, though. I can go to, like, a, like a local field. Though. Well, yeah, but if I don't watch the best of something, I'll just watch, like, Major League Baseball. I could watch the best, because it's tiny. It's like tiny ba- eh, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> it's like tiny baseball. It's tiny baseball. I don't get it. It's just it it's conf- the best tiny baseball. It confu- Some of them aren't very tiny, though. Some of those kids are bigger than me. But, well, they're not bigger than me. But it's like watching it because they're. I mean, maybe this is just a very like romanticized way to look at it. But like, it's what it's pu- like baseball in its purest form. Yeah, you know? I don't care about that though. That has that does nothing for me. And if it did do something for me, I would watch college baseball, which I don't. That's not pure. Well, they're they're not getting paid. Yeah, but it's like little league. Like that's what baseball was. It's like baseball was meant for. You know, it's. It's a kid's game. So well, baseball like... wasn't invented by children. It was invented by adults. It was first played by adults. It's it's a game, though. And, like, I don't know. It's it's just different. If, if I have to explain it, then you'll never understand. <laughs> oh, I, I know I'll never understand. Like, I remember watching the Little League World Series. Like, I was never super into it. But, like, whenever I was, like, you know, as old or younger than the competitors, I would watch it. And then once I was, like, in eighth grade and I was a couple years older than them, I was like... What's the point? What am I doing here? <laughs> I don't... I mean, to be fair, I don't like to sit down and watch it either, but... Also, I think I was... It was when I was, I think, in 6th or 7th grade was the year that they had the, the cheating scandal, which was a fun story, but I wasn't actually, like, actively watching too much of it. 
with, what that is. Oh, with uh, Danny Almonte, the 14-year-old kid who was playing as a 12-year-old. Oh. Because it um, had been falsified and... Jeez. They did a uh, they did a thirty for thirty short. You probably find it. On, I found it on I've YouTube at one name. point. Yeah, where they they talk to him now, and now he's like thirty and talking about how he like still plays baseball not on like a semi professional level and kind of catching up with that whole story. But it's that's of course has absolutely nothing to do with the Cardinals. Other than <laughs> they're playing on a little league field. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, but. I mentioned this last year towards the end of the season on this podcast, which was that, yeah, the Cardinals didn't make the playoffs, but the fact that they were in contention up until the last day of the season kind of feels like the playoffs. You're still mm-hmm. in a situation where you have games that are of critical importance, and like to me, that's almost as good as making the playoffs. Right. Like it, By definition, it's, almost as, it's yeah. almost as good. Like The Dodgers, I think, have already clinched a winning record on the season. Like They're so far ahead of everybody else that they're not going to play a playoff game until October. The Cardinals yeah, are, but they have some like um, meaningful games left because they're probably going to ch- be chasing yeah. a, a record of some po- of some sort. Yeah, I don't know what's the record for most wins in a season. Uh, one hundred sixteen. Is it one sixteen? Yes. Okay, so maybe they won't quite get it. Let me pull knows. up because I, I was looking at this before. So the Cardinals at this point, if they won out, they would win one hundred and five games, which is as many as they won in two thousand four. Which is crazy because there's a month and a half of the season left. The Cardinals are in playoff contention, yet they would have to win out in order for that to happen. Which is, and the Dodgers are presently eighty three and thirty four. <laughs> so if for like if the Dodgers played at their current pace the rest of the season, and they uh, like if they played their current pace of the season, they would finish with a better record than the Cardinals if the Cardinals won out. But the Dodgers, they are. 49, I'm trying to calculate. They're 49 games above 500. So if they finished, if they went 500 the rest of the season, they would. Um, it doesn't work out exactly right, but 105.5 games would be their expected number of wins. So if they went one game over 500 the rest of the season and the Cardinals won out, the Dodgers would have a better record than the Cardinals. <laughs> There's a month and a half left of the season. That's absurd how good they are. But. Yeah. Anyway, but anyway, yeah. The but, Little League World Series thing stadium will be fun. There'll be a lot of like things about Grichik returning to it. I'm sure. Yeah, and it'll Lance Lynn returning to it as well. Yeah, it'll become insufferable I don't very know if, quickly. I don't know if he's scheduled to pitch that day. It's whoever would be. It's whoever scheduled to pitch on Wednesday. Oh. Let me check that. So no one pitches today, and who pitched last night? Yesterday was Waka. Waka. And then Leak is scheduled for... So I guess it'd be Wainwright. Is it Wainwright or Lynn? Oh, wait, no. They, they would be skipping Wainwright, though. Whoever pitched... It would be Lynn. So Lynn would probably pitch at the Little League World Series thing. That's kind of cute. I wonder if they. I wonder if that was coordinated. I wonder if, like, coming out of the All-Star break, the reason they jumbled up the rotation like they did was to set up Lance Lynn pitching on this Sunday. That'd be... And that's why he wasn't traded at the deadline. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. If it, okay, let's be clear. If it comes out that the Cardinals, their reason for not trading Lance Lynn at the deadline, which granted seems a lot more defensible now that they're actually in a playoff position, but if the if the rationale behind it, you know, regardless of the results, was that he could, you know, several weeks later pitch in one game, everybody who's associated with that needs to be fired. Every <laughs> single person. I don't top Even down. Lynn. Well, Lynn will help to go to free agency, but. Every single pl- person in the Cardinals front office would need to be fired, but I don't think that's the case. But if it is the case, 
and you'd like to defend yourselves, feel free to contact us and we'll have you on the podcast to uh, defend yourselves on what I would consider to be a rather egregious blunder. But I guess there's room for discussion there. Anyway, though, we've... We've rambled for a pretty long time, considering we didn't actually write out any topics for the episode. We were just like, hey, they won a bunch of games in a row. This should be pretty easy. All right? Yeah. All right. (laughs) So, uh, Heather, anything you want to uh, promote or say or announce or anything of that sort? Sure. Um, You can follow me on Twitter at LIL underscore Scooter 93 and read my writing at VivaAlbertos.com Monday through Friday at 12 noon. I always feel like one of these times, whenever I ask if there's anything you want to say, you're going to just, like, announce just, like, the levels upon which you hate me. Like, one of these, you're just going to just like, it's gonna uh, all pour out. How does that go? Oh, mm-hmm. never mind. Just, yeah, go ahead. Okay, well. I can't think of what I was going to say. <laughs> that's, that's a big surprise there. Oops. Yeah. All right. You can follow me on Twitter at JohnJF125. Follow Viva Albertos at Viva Albertos. Um, Facebook.com slash Viva Albertos is a good way to be uh, caught up with new article updates as well. Check out, um, obviously, you're listening to the podcast. You can listen to it through iTunes, through Stitcher, probably through other ways. My my relentless refusal to learn any other way in which you can <laughs> digest this podcast is both admirable and completely stupid. But, uh, yeah. But yeah, you can uh, check us out that way, check out the website, um, all that stuff, and check out the Cardinals, because they're, they're playing a lot better now. And yeah, unless you haven't been this whole time, then maybe you shouldn't, because I don't want to jinx it. Yeah, I don't, I don't really, I'm not a jinx believer. Mm, you say that now, and you're going to jinx them, just quiet. Well, I wasn't a believer in the Cardinals this season, up until the last couple days. Don't even so. start, don't start, just keep with your... your... Um, pessimistic attitude. We gotta keep everything the same. I was so pessimistic in the 2011 season. I can't even begin to say how pessimistic I, I was. I was watching them every day of that. And guess what? I was rewarded. My mom kept yelling at me during that season for being so pessimistic. And then it hit like the World Series and she kept yelling at me for it. I was like, my pessimism is working, right? Yeah. Like they're in the World Series. You should be very glad that like... It's working. Like I'm not sure what you wanted me to do to make the season turn out better. But it's turned out... Even if they'd lost the World Series, like, you know, 99th percentile. (laughs) So just be happy with it. But I'm pretty happy with what's going on. Anything else to say? Nope. Kane, you've been a very good boy. Anything you want to say? Woof. All right. (laughs) That clearly was not Kane, though he did get up and start staring at me now. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.